0: listening to sbs on the money with ricardo Gonçalves. hi everyone
1: it's your daily 10 minute business and finance news wrap for this thursday the 5th of august 2021 uh, later another record for the market but first should employers mandate vaccines on staff cannery and uh, manufacturer spc is uh, making it compulsory for workers and visitors to be vaccinated. So for more, I spoke earlier with its chairman, Hussein Rifai.
2: We are basically asking our employees to book an appointment for the vaccine between now and mid-September. And then after that, they have another six weeks to take the first job. And then after that, they have until the end of November to take the second job. Uh, and you know the whole idea out of it is to allow enough time for them to organize themselves but also to allow enough time for a vaccine to go through and be uh, you know at the gps or the vaccination center and for allow them all to get their job
1: so to what extent is this mandatory for employees and all visitors
2: it's for all parts of the business and it's mandatory for all employees and visitors uh, Ricardo, we are an essential services business, we deal with food, people's food and people's uh, 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 ready meals and everything else. We, are, we consider ourselves as exactly the same as the frontline workers, we consider ourselves uh, same as the police and the aged care uh, workers. We are essential people and we cannot possibly take a chance on shutting a plant down or even worse for us to cause an infection in a place like our Shepparton factory and possibly shut the whole town of Shepparton down which is very much, we are one of the largest employers there. So all in all it is definitely mandatory for everybody and we will be checking our visitors in all our sites, whether it is Shepparton, whether it's Ardmona, uh, our pomegranate site or our ready meal site in Emu Plains or our offices both in Crow's Nest and Essendon Fields.
1: What's the reaction been like from employees?
2: Look, I'm very proud of our employees. They're very, very very smart and clever people. We are a company based in science. They understand that nobody can come in and sort of say, well, I don't want to wash my hands when I handle food. It's not an option, it's not a choice. This is basically something we have to do to protect them to protect their family, to protect our customer, and to protect the community in which we operate. So the reaction's been very good, it's been very, very supportive. They're all quite smart people, and we're proud of uh, the fact that they understand uh, the, uh, the reason for it. They understand why we're doing this.
1: What kind of legal advice did you get, and are you worried about any repercussions?
2: Well, I mean, uh, it's unfortunate that there's always a small portion of society, like the ones that we've seen in, you know, a couple of weeks ago in Sydney, that might take it the wrong way or think it's uh, impacting uh, on them in in, in an adverse way. But the reality of it is, we're really just after protecting everybody. There's been a precedent in in Australia uh, where, you know, we've given illegal. There's been a precedent where illegal direction has been given to employee to protect the other employees and to protect the uh, uh, the customers or the users of that service and the courts have basically sort of said no the employer has got the right to direct people legally to protect them and protect other people that's around leave entitlements how will they look like Ah, oh, look it's it's very simple uh, many people myself included my wife included when you take the first especially the first job You get a little bit of side effects and you get a feeling not well for a couple of days. So we're giving people a couple of days off for them to recover if they feel uh, uh, if they feel not well after the vaccine. So, you know, we don't we don't have any problems with that. We're there to support our employees. This is not it's not meant to be uh, uh, something that's uh, against them. It's meant to be something that helps them and support them. And we'll give them those couple of days to, to recover with no problems. What's your message to other employers? We're not the sort of people that everywhere can work at home. We have to go down the factory. We have to handle food. So any business where you actually have to be on site with your employees, your employees have to be on site to do their job, we highly encourage them that they they put in a policy around uh, the vaccine.
1: Manufacturing facilities often have a diverse employee base. What's yours like? Do you have a lot of non-English speaking background employees? And how are you going to help deliver the message about vaccines, especially in their language, if needed?
2: Uh, look, we have, uh, uh, in between our site in Imu Plains and our site in Shepparton and Ardmona, we have, I can't tell you how many nationalities, but we would have in the tens of nationalities. Uh, and we will do whatever it takes in terms of interpretation and in terms of helping them understand the message. But the vast bulk of our staff can understand the message in English. But if we need to translate it into multitude of languages, we will translate it in as many languages as we need to. And if we need to bring in translators or we need to support them in any way, shape or form, we will do that gladly.
1: Hassan Rufay there, the chairman of SPC Australia, But is this a sentiment being shared by other senior executives? Earlier today, I spoke with the managing director of Nick Scarley, the furniture retailer, Anthony Scarley. I also spoke about the company's profit numbers, underlying fully a profit of $84.2 million. That's an increase of 100%. He had something to say about vaccines and the impact of lockdowns around the country, considering Victoria is entering a new one. Here he is. I spoke with him earlier. Anthony, you've seen a, a 100% lift in underlying earnings. Is it economic luck or is it management?
0: <laughs> it's a bit of both. Not, I mean, the COVID, people not being able to travel um, has inspired you know, people to spend um, locally, domestically. They've got extra money and they've they've been spending. Okay, you've got extra revenue. You've got to manage that well. You've got to be able to deal with that extra revenue which is significant when you're talking about an uplift of 40% in sales. So um, I think our team, the whole, did a great job in distribution, particularly where even though there was a huge escalation in, you know, furniture being sold, we were able to deliver that without incurring really extra costs, demonstrating the real leverage of the business we have in terms of our infrastructure being, being a fixed cost.
1: Is there anything that you've learned over the past 12 months, whether it be supply chain, maybe something to do with online sales or technology, that COVID has forced you to step up?
0: Yeah, it was certainly on the online. Look, you've seen our online growth, our long online growth was um, unbelievable. It was far outweighed the sales growth in our stores. And well, the main thing I, learned, I really didn't think people were willing to buy premium lounges online. I thought they really needed to sit in a lounge. But that, I'm being proven wrong because we're just seeing that continue to grow. So there's, certainly that's a big lesson from um, COVID.
1: Um, a couple of economic things. Victoria's going into its sixth lockdown now. Sydney's lockdown continues. To what extent do these lockdowns hurt the business and how does it bother you personally?
0: Look, yeah, from a business point of view, it's not great at all. Um, last year, Victoria was locked down for three months. Sydney looks like it's going to be, keep going for quite some time. And um, what worries me this time is this variant. This Delta variant is highly contagious. I don't know if you can control it. Yeah, I think if we're aiming to get it to zero, I think that's unrealistic. What's the other option? We can't stay locked down forever. I guess the vaccine is the only other option we've got because um, I just don't think we're going to have zero cases going forward. So it's a real issue for the government and business.
1: And speaking of vaccine, today we heard from the chairman of SPC mandating all employees and visitors be vaccinated against COVID. What's your policy?
0: Well, it's not that it's compulsory. Um, we our policies, we're encouraging our employees to get vaccinated, I think is a way to approach that. I, I'm not sure, even legally. It's going to be maybe a legal challenge in respect of that what SPC did today, because you know um, I, I think the smarter ways to try it really really encourage our people to get vaccinated..
1: Anthony Scarly, there, the managing director of Nick Scarly, and speaking of legally, uh, a statement from Shine Lawyers today uh, on it, I'll read it. It says taking a precautionary approach to protecting staff and the supply chain may be a legitimate aim, but the question is whether the policy is necessary and proportionate to the risk robust evidence should support the company's position, but of course the risk profile can change rapidly with the new introduction of new coronavirus variants throughout the pandemic. The policy will only be reasonable if it is genuinely straightforward for staff to be vaccinated with no unreasonable deadlines or penalties. SPC's announcement is encouraging as it includes paid leave to get vaccinated and paid leave to recover from any side effects and at the end of the day, if an employer wants its workforce, to be vaccinated, facilitating that process for staff where possible makes the policy more reasonable and achievable. Now to the Australian share market, which did rise today. The s and ASX 200 up 0.1% to a record, 7,511. At the miners fell, the banks rose. For more on the day's action, I spoke earlier with Ben Clark from TMS Capital. Ben, the market keeps rising in Australia, touching new records, even as COVID cases increase locally. Why?
3: Yeah, look, it's completely counterintuitive. But when you think about it, the unfortunate reality of COVID is that it's small business which is taking the big hit out of all of these lockdowns. And the share market isn't valuing small businesses on a day-to-day basis. It's valuing the biggest businesses in this country, many of which are actually b- bizarrely benefiting out of COVID, or they're getting that reopening trade that's happening in offshore markets. Speaking of those companies benefiting, profit reporting season has
1: begun. Uh, One focus is whether those companies that have benefited from the stay at home movement
3: last year can see this growth continue into the new year. Yeah, look, it's early days in the reporting season, but the couple of companies that have really benefited from the reopening have reported numbers that were even better than analysts were expecting. Nick Scarley reported today that it's grown its profit 100% in the last year, and that's on sales revenue increase of 44%. Now the share price initially rallied strongly on this beat. However, the company also advised that in July their sales revenues fallen 27% versus July last year, as many of their stores have been closed. So it's kind of a case of looking in the rearview mirror, but now there's uncertainty again. And when do these stores start to reopen?
1: Okay, and lots of M and A activity on the market after pay oil search Santos. We've spoken a lot about it on the podcast um, over the past few days. But will this sort of level of of activity continue?
3: Yeah, I I, I think this is one certainty that will continue. We know that there is still a huge amount of money that is parked in private equity funds and industry super funds that needs to be invested, and these fund managers. I think, see COVID and the, the weird sort of knock-on effects of COVID as, a, as an, an ability to get into some businesses that they believe look good value on a longer-term basis. And given that the um, the interest rates are, percept- are perceived to stay at these ultra-low levels for a longer period of time now, the hurdle rate for making those decisions is low. And therefore, the, the, you know there's a lot of beating chests out there and we should continue to see a frenzy of M&A. Ben
1: Clark there from TMS Capital. That is SBS On The Money for this Thursday. Don't forget, you can listen to this as a podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify and the SBS radio app.
0: This SBS On The Money podcast is provided for informational purposes only. The content on this podcast should not be understood as constituting advice or a recommendation.